Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk About It, a Tugiwaki podcast. This is episode 15, and I'm so happy we are just flying through these double digit episodes. Now, I know June was Men's Mental Health Month, but I still have more guests I interviewed, and so we're just gonna spill over into the month of July. Welcome to a new month. I'm so glad that you're here. If this is your first time, welcome to Let's Talk About It, a podcast where we talk about everything. Nothing is off the table. All topics, all conversations, everything you have to say is important and worth listening to. And so we cover it on this podcast. So Men's Mental Health Month was last month, but we're continuing with the series today. And the series is Men to Health Month. Men's Mental Health, a side of the conversation that we don't often hear. My guest today is an amazing, amazing human being, a friend of mine. I call him the visionary godfather. He's a photographer, a music fanatic, a creative at heart, and a creative entrepreneur. He's a husband of one, a really good friend, and a person I really look up to. One of the things that I admire about him is his ability to stay ahead of the game, his humility and faith in God, and how he's constantly researching and learning new things, especially about the Kenyan creative economy. He's one of the most steadfast people I know. His name is Ian Kani. I met him at Dista when I was a freshman, and he has actually been very instrumental in my music career. He's constantly believing in me, encouraging me, showing me new opportunities and a new perspective on doing things and basically on life and faith. I've learned so many things from him and I'm so, so honored to have him here on the podcast to share his story and insight. I believe that there's a lot to learn from his story and his experiences and the choices he's made in life as a response to what was thrown his way. He has a lot to say to men and fathers, future fathers and present fathers, having lost his dad at a really young age. So sit back, relax and enjoy this story, this episode, this conversation we have. Oh yeah, let's talk about it. Welcome, Ian. Oh my, oh my, my, oh my. <laughs> I've never gotten such a dope intro. Oh, I think I it. Ah, man. I'm like, oof, where's the ring? I'm about to go and... <laughs> What? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Honored to be on the podcast. Um, I'm I'm such a fan, you know. Oh, thank you. I think people who know the both of us know I'm a fan. I mean, I've 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 believed in your gift to speak to humanity uh, through music, now through the podcast that you have. And hey, Manzi. I'm a ghetto guy kiasi as much as <laughs> I'm a proper definition of see what a melon, but you're of the streets, but you're also like not yeah, I think multi-experienced as well. That's it, yeah. Yeah, man. I was born in Dandora. Mm-hmm. Hip hop city. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, then went to elite school, you know. So mm-hmm. I think I have experiences from my life when my mom, I don't know, probably if I've ever told you that story, my mom used to work in Gikomba. 
So, yeah, but now. Uh, so, for those who are not from Kenya, tell them what Gikomba is. Oh, sorry. So, Gikomba is uh, like the largest thrift market in Kenya, mm-hmm. or maybe even in East Africa. Um, so, people go there to sell secondhand clothes. Um, it's popular with secondhand clothes, mm-hmm. but as well, there's a huge fish market in Gikomba. Mm-hmm. There's a huge grocery market as well over there. Yeah, so it's it's massive. It's really massive in terms of the things that are available there. So my mom used to have a grocery store mm-hmm. and as well used to send secondhand clothes. Gikomba is like a center for thrifting, what people yes. call thrifting. Yeah. Your mom is quite an amazing woman. She's gone through a lot. And every time every we talk time about Olesha, how it's so much praise because of mm. how much she went through and how much she overcame. Yeah. I think she's one person who has played one of the biggest impacts in my life. And mm. yeah, um, I don't know, Nada, this this saying during Mother's Day <laughs> that Happy Mother's Day to all uh, men who work on umama. Umama ni. So, manzi, I think during my Father's Day, it's usually wish my mom Happy Father's Day because I'm going to in the in the streets we call it being a bazoo yani amekuwa such a ule msikabisa so yeah and that actually yeah. brings me to my first question when what comes to your mind when the word father comes up like um as a christian most definitely just god is the one person who stands out as the figure of all fathers. Um, so for me, when fatherhood is mentioned, I think of God. Um, probably yeah, a small backstory about me is I was raised by a single mom. That means I lost my father uh, when I was young, uh, around the age of eight there. Mm-hmm. I can't remember so well because I was really little. Yeah, so... To me, God is is just the one person who has stood out as the father figure in my life. Um, now that I came to even know Him deeply, but most of my life, and he, God, I looked to in the background. Um, I was a believer, but yeah, coming to know Him, he, He's really stood out as being the one who cared for me, who protected me, who defended me. Um, yeah, so big up to to all fathers who seek to emulate him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you said your dad passed on when you were eight? When yeah. you were around eight? Yes, around that age. Now I'm going to wear my psychology hat. So in psychology, <laughs> we learn that everything a child needs and everything that forms like the values of a child or what kind of adult they'll become happens between the ages of zero and eight. So do you have any memories of your dad? Was there anything that stands out when you think of him? And what was your relationship like when he was still alive? Um, 
we are entering therapy session. <laughs> so yeah, um, memories I had of my father. Wow, I think um, one of the things I'm very grateful about uh, photos and photography. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful about photos and photography is some of the strongest memories that come to mind are those that I've seen a photo and recollected that memory. Um, so one of my biggest memories is I remember my dad was a biker, he had a motorcycle oh. and he did uh, mechanical engineering. He was, was one of the best. Mm-hmm. So he assembled his own bike. Um, yeah, he built it from scratch. Mm-hmm. So we were building yeah, I need this bike with him. So that's that's one of the best memories I have of my dad. Um, the other memories are not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a, a short backstory answer again okay. is when I was born, I'm the last born in my family. Mm-hmm. My sister, who's the first born, mm-hmm. then now me. So during my birth, my dad was so excited. He was really excited. He wanted to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So what do you celebrate uh, with Kitambo? Ongaangano ya chapati, that's a wheat flour. Mm-hmm. So he rode his bike, went to Tafta wheat flour. There wasn't any funny enough in Dandora then. Mm-hmm. So he had to go some distance to find um, wheat flour. Mm-hmm. to make chapati because he has a boy child now. You know, it was such a beautiful yes, heir to his throne. <laughs> if he had an empire. Because <laughs> these streets, we are struggling. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, he went out to look for wheat flour. Then while he was on that journey, he got attacked. Oh no. Yeah, he got attacked by two thugs who were sent uh, to kill him, but unfortunately they weren't successful. Well, fortunately. Fortunately. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, man. So that happened. Um that happened and it was it was quite sad um hearing this story. Yeah. Especially I learned about this story when I was um, around 19 there. Mm-hmm. That's when my mom told me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I grew up with a lot of bitterness towards my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, this is because when... So, so after he was attacked, fortunately he didn't die, but he was in a coma for 10 months. Wow. Coming back home, he had lost a lot of his memory. Mm-hmm. He couldn't work. So my mom was a breadwinner of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because of those uh, life pressures, my dad became very, very abusive. He used to beat up my mom. He used to beat us up. Um, you know, the stories where you see kids on the news, because mm-hmm. they've been beaten up almost to death. That was me. And he, um, yeah, but I remember I have a vivid memory while we were living in Langatam where I was surrounded by people coming into a shati, mm-hmm. wearing a t-shirt was painful, wearing clothes 
was painful because my like back yeah in your shoulders so growing up i had a lot of bitterness towards my dad mm. after i was born I came back home with my mom mm. we found uh, then my dad came back home after the 10 months in, in coma mm. with all these difficulties him being abusive mm. um, a few years later around when i was yeah now eight then where when he passed on mm-hmm. i don't think during his burial i even shed a single tear mm-hmm. i didn't mourn him per se because uh, i was like man this guy was beating us you know he was yeah i remember just almost more than i would want seeing my uncles my grandfather coming home to try and solve um an issue and my mom was solid you know mm. um she never ran away and she never left my dad mm. she never left us and growing up i never wondered why and i was like hey, my mom was strong mm. you know but this is because i didn't know the story of my dad yeah. i didn't know all this back story mm. then Yeah it was it was quite an eye opening time for me getting to learn all these things about him so when he died even a photo that's in our family album of his funeral i was doing a thumbs up and smiling imagine <laughs> that's know. a bit strange because yeah. you're the you're his only son yeah man yeah all this happened because probably if i wasn't born then ange kutwa you know never know um so yeah growing up largely i had a lot of bitterness towards my dad mm-hmm. then now come years later learning the story about him from my mom i remember my mom telling me my dad was the nicest person she knew um she used to just praise her you know especially now as an adult mm-hmm. like i wish i knew him yeah um for what my mom knew him as mm-hmm. um i wish i got to see that side of of him that my mom loves and misses mm-hmm. um but listening to her reminded me started now bringing back the good memories i remember him walking me to school because now my mom has gone to work mm-hmm. he used to be the one taking us to school then as well my dad was a black belt uh, taekwondo guy so i think he was close to joining the army that guy uh, oh, wow. he was he was just a dope um so now starting to collect this um good memories about him has been the story of my adulthood mm. you know going to talk to my grandfather uh talking to my aunties my uncles just to hear stories of my dad never got a chance to experience it in his health yes as not a violent not man, man, or a mm. man but as the first one son of the whole your mom's yeah, as one i can see right now where i'm at is um yeah i wish i just had a little more time with him as you know um you on the side of him that people loved mm. one thing i knew about him is one guy who really instilled discipline and morals mm-hmm. uh we never used to eat kwajirani and we never used to eat 
Uh, What's at your the house. Yeah. Oh, try that. <laughs> Be like, you've inherited two versions of your dad. Like the loving, you've inherited like from oral communication. Your uncles, your grandfather, your mom telling you this mm. is who your dad was. And then yeah. from what you actually experience, they are completely different, man. Yeah. And you've lived with those two versions of your dad inside of yourself. It sounded like you felt guilty for being there and providing the opportunity for him to be attacked. Do you think that affected your mental health? Oh, badly. Um, badly. Um, I think especially... Um, I used to be... Uh, a mommy's boy. I still am. Um, some people say that <laughs> I, I love my mom to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing her being so violated, mm-hmm. seeing her crying, uh, seeing her struggling, mm-hmm. it really, it really had me in such a difficult space. Then I think it's easy to overlook how tough it is mm-hmm. for a young boy despising his dad. I think dads are one of the most important figures in a child's life. But I had um, this sense of ah, why is he our dad? Then you know you see other kids being spoiled then other kids having all these good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for us, our dad is tough, is strict, and yeah, it it was it was really a struggle as um as a young guy, as a young boy, growing up. But um, I think now as as a grown up, um, knowing all these things I know about him, mm. one thing that I feel my experience with him. One thing it implanted is I never wanted to touch or to abuse someone like that. Mm. I think that's why I really took um, that softness Mm -hmm. from that experience. Mm -hmm. Because I saw how being this tough, feared person uh, was and I lived with that kind of person and I didn't envy it. Mm. You so didn't want to emulate. I didn't want. I didn't want to emulate that. May I remember now? Now this brings up the aspect of being bullied, because mm. when I'm so deep, yeah. You, but inwardly, uh, just physical abuse triggers you. you no. Know? Mm. Um. Then now the absence of my dad brought about, um, not having that sense of guidance as a man because mm-hmm. now I had a mom who was amazing but she had to work twice as hard to sustain two kids in Nairobi yeah. um, so most of the time she was at work so I'm left with house helps mm-hmm. so I got to experience a lot of abuse mm-hmm. you know from that uh, from house helps Mm. Um, from family members who came to take care of us because there was no dad to protect us. There was no dad to stand there and stand up for Yeah, there wasn't. Or to yeah. protect your mom. Yeah, Kabisa. So I was 
abused as 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 a young boy mm-hmm. physically sexually and all those things really affected me mm. i didn't know what it meant to be a man you know i struggled with my identity mm-hmm. i i remember being in Langata as a young boy and nikitumwa kwa shops ningeva wigia my mom na high heels <laughs> na dress yake she was a person i wanted to be yeah you know yeah um uh, she was strength to me she was toughness to me you know mm-hmm. um so for me it was quite a struggle as a young boy lacking that um, man figure in my life mm-hmm. um yeah bana so i didn't have a Shit. big brother you were the only boy i was the only boy and living and with a house help mm-hmm. living with a mom living with a big sister You are the only boy surrounded by women or women. First of all, thank you for being so vulnerable and for sharing as much as you've shared because very rarely do we hear men opening up and talking about how they really are. So I appreciate that. The second thing I wanted to say was so many people have wounds from their relationships with their dads and it seeps into other things. It seeps into their relationships, into their identity. Yeah. into how they view God into their faith. Yeah. And there's not a lot of space or there are not a lot of people in the world who are willing to listen. They usually say things like I but when mwanaume kangumu jikaze you know be strong. Um don't don't take these things to heart. Like just do your best to recover. Mm, so sorry. there are all of these like things people have of mm. ah, you'll be fine or oh, young boys young into, boys. you know like you're the man of the house yeah. we expect you to protect us imagine i was to being told that you have to fill in your dad's shoes and you're like i don't know what my yeah. dad's shoes were i don't know what that means imagine and so for anyone who is listening and they've experienced the same thing either an abusive relationship with your dad or you don't even don't know who your dad is what do you what think kept you going Ian that maybe somebody can hold on to in their situation and be like yeah made it i made it. i can make it but what were those things you held on to or that pushed you to to fight because i feel like so many people give up and for example like how you are saying your mom was not a model she was strength she was comfort she was tough she was a i used to sleep let me be as vulnerable mm-hmm. i used to sleep with my mom till i was like in class 2 3 imagine yeah it was it was that much i didn't want to leave her side mm. Yeah. Were you also afraid that she would die there your dad died? I I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um I think I was just afraid of losing or losing her cuz now you know I had I had a cousin who dad died the mom escaped mm-hmm. and he had to go back to Shago. Um so I was like if that happens to us we go live in shags mm-hmm. and yeah but we were proper Nairobi kids imagine yeah. how big of a change that would have been so when people say monomeni kujikaza which is like yeah. if you are a man just can go stay hard do what a man is supposed to do 
do you think that they have an impact? Like when you were told you're the man of the house, do you think they have an impact and what impact did it have on you? I think coming from that statement coming from um, ladies was confusing and was some sort of pressure because um, there isn't guidance, you know. And even for the men, remembering who my uncles, my mom's male friends, mm-hmm. who would tell me to, you know, so it's confusing, you know, because I think one aspect uh, where scripture says about train up your child in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. And there's never, you know, one thing about training is training is you lead, I follow. You know, it's like if you're training someone, there's a theory and there's a practical. How. You show them how, you know. So it was really confusing. And as a child, you hear it and you just brush it off to some degree, mm-hmm. uh, not knowing the kind of things that it's planting in you, which mostly is a sense of proving yourself. Mm-hmm. For me, most of my teenhood, as I as a boy, now as a young man, has been proving I'm a man, you know, I think that's where society, that's the kind of pressure that society has set Mm. that man say you have to prove you're a man, show that you are a man, that you're born as a man, you know, Um, your manhood is in, it's something you have to prove to see that you have. Mm -hmm. And if you can't prove, you are less of, you know, life becomes a performance. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Unfortunately, you've not been taught or shown or it's not been defined what I'm, what being a man is. Mm. But then again, you can be dismissed as not being a man enough. Yeah. You're pushing yourself to prove something that's not defined, but you are more likely to fail than to succeed. Yeah, I agree. Then, you know, the other thing is no, you're being told be a man. Mm-hmm. what kind of a man are you meant to become? There are so many men out there. Yeah. And now you go to uh, movies, TV shows, men around you. What are men around you doing? Drugs, do it. Mm-hmm. What are men around you doing? Playing with men, women, do it. Yeah. You know, so you get into this cycle of figuring out what kind of a man society wants you to be because mm-hmm. it's telling you be a man. You know, it's very broad. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it landed me to so many things because I'm trying to prove I'm a man. I see men doing this. And for some reason, till date, mm-hmm. I always had friends who are older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my friends right now are in their 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. Those are people who I will call my friends. I have very few friends, less than five, who are male friends, my age mates. Most of my friends are older. Mm-hmm. So now hanging out with them, listening to their conversations trying to figure out what kind of a man I am. So I was lost. I think it's so important for us to, as a society, accept that we're not doing a really good job of helping men 
And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to do this series because we need to decide, are we going to bash men till they become domiciled and soft and almost push a ball around? Or are we going to work together and as men and women, as boys and girls to create both men and women who are strong, who are confident, who are living the best lives they can. And one important place to learn what that looks like is in God's word because God created men and he created women and he gave each gender the best options for who they can be. He defines our identities and the farther you stray away from that, the more difficult, the more confusing, the more messed up things become. And I know this is a very unpopular opinion. This is a very old-fashioned way of thinking about men and women. But it worries me when we focus so much on telling men to be strong, to just hold themselves together, to jishikilia. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, that's not, that's not what God made God them to be. God didn't make God them to be pieces of pieces wood of that have no emotion or have no fears or have no outlets. Like, men are humans. Yeah. And before men are men, men are boys. And so if you have a young boy or a teenage boy in your sphere of influence, the words you speak to him are so important. He's not just a child who doesn't think, who doesn't feel, who doesn't question. It's so important for us to be conscious that I have an impact in the lives of the boys in my life, in the lives of the girls in my life, and the words I speak to them stay with it. Because mm. from what you're saying, Ian, these words that were spoken to you made you question. You were thinking about them. You just weren't like letting them evaporate. They did have an impact. So I just want to challenge people who are listening. It's so important how we treat our men and our boys just as much as it's important how we treat our women and our girls. Yeah, You know, something else I will add to that is one very close male friend of mine, and it was Morevi More. He's a dope artist. By the plug, go check out <laughs> More music on YouTube. He's, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. He told me, Manze, Ian, the best of men are men at best. Mm-hmm. And since that day, that phrase has been my mantra. Mm-hmm. The best of men are men at best. Because... One thing about life, life has so many pressures. There's so many expectations from the left, right, and center. Men, we we tend to be compared a lot. Mm. Um, We tend to be compared a lot. And as men, we tend to be very competitive people. Mm. Uh, We always want to be better um, than ourselves, better than our friends. Mm always try to be better. Life to us is almost like a race. That's why men unapitua thicker roads namuto. How can I be overtaken like that? For those who know me, I drive I also drive like that. Who are you? You know I'm not on the road. But I can't so, imagine what it's like feeling like that in all spheres of life. Fears of life. School and relationships. Let me tell hobbies. you what 
as men, one thing you are compared to, mm-hmm. you are always measured by your performance in everything. Yeah. Uh, your performance financially, men are measured by their performance, even sexually, yeah. you know, you're measured by performance intellectually, as in, in every aspect of life. Yeah. As a man, there's always this pressure of you have to be at the top to be considered as man enough. Yeah. You know, um, but it's so freeing to realize the best of men are men at best. Um, that free simply means that even the men you look at and envy and adore and almost worship them, mm-hmm. they are men at best. We've had stories of uh, brothers like Ravi Zacharias who yeah. we all looked up to and we we hear his story and we're like, what? You know, and you realize, man. Even in the secular world, someone like Ali yeah. yes. was going around the world, he was making mm. money, oh. people loved him, uh, Michael Jackson as well. You know? Uh, and not just musicians, entertainers, and performers, but we have business leaders who are looked up to be at the top of their field. Yeah. But you make one mistake and everything comes coming down. Yeah. Like you said, the best the of best men are men. Men are at best. best. Yeah. You know, you're just a man. There's that song by Kanji that I'm just a man, you know. Mm. And it's, 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 it's a lovely thing to always remember mm-hmm. that man at the end of the day uh, no matter what titles you pick up you know you're just a man and uh, as men we tend to fall short a lot and now that constantly just is there to remind us of our need for for Christ you know mm-hmm. a need for grace a need um can cool. I interject there as a woman? Because mm-hmm. I feel like there are people who are like, yes, men, men are trash. <laughs> men fail. And this is the truth. Women fail too. Oh, yes. Fall short all the time. This is not who is better than me. Yeah. This is for that man who feels overwhelmed or completely drained, tired, constantly mm. performing and constantly trying to prove himself that he's not he's good not enough good. or he's pretending to be something he's not. I know it's a phenomenon really common with creatives. You feel like, mm. hey, am I even good at what I'm doing? Will mm. this podcast even come out the way I envision it? Yeah. Am I really a good man or am I just a trash man hidden within myself? It's so important to remind yourself how God sees you, how Christ sees you. That's the only definition that should matter to you. That's the only comparison you should accept. I'm going to become more like Christ. Because Jesus has something really important to impart in you. He wants to make you a man who is strong, who is loving, respected, who is taking care of Christ is just and so it's so important as a man to accept that view of yourself as Christ is because you can't learn women to upload you the whole time we've literally seen in society women turning on men and it gets really ugly we've seen men turning on men especially in recent days it's been ugly Christ will never turn on you he's 
their soul is yeah. for a reason. He's the prince of peace for a reason. Yeah. So, so just to go just back to, to what back you're back saying, to men fall short a lot and it's expected you lulate or congregate to say, oh my gosh, he fell short. Of course he was going to fall short. Of course she is going to fall short. No one is perfect. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so important. Yeah. yeah, even for women, man, the best of women are women at best. And yeah, yeah. to any of those who are listening, and especially my fellow men, you know, I know um, the pressures that come with being a man in societies. I can only speak for fellow men at this point and yeah. say it's a lot. You know, and God sees, um, God knows. And if there's one person who's worthy for us to run to, um, it's, it's Yahweh, it's, it's God. And he's done more than enough to build that bridge for us to get to him. And the most beautiful thing about being a Christian is that coming to faith is a hundred percent God and zero percent you. It's all the work of God to save you, to change you, to transform you. And God is so kind and so faithful that he chooses to, in some areas, to work together with you, you know, in that work of sanctification. He chooses to work with you before you and with you. and Identity is something our generation struggles with, be it uh, the men, be it the women. And we can only find our true identity in our creator, the one who made us. Very grateful that God saves, God changes people, God helps us to deal with our sin. Because as men, that's one thing that is a huge hindrance, our very own sin, the sin of our heart, you know, and... That's one thing we can't deal with by ourselves. You know, it's only by Christ helping us um, to really kill that sin daily that lives in us, in our minds. Yeah, and, and I would urge you, man, dig into the words of scripture and see life. See the beauty that it is to, that faith is, you know, faith that God gives and plants in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And see how he makes dead men alive. Um, I'm, I'm a testimony of that. And I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, there is hope for us men. And our hope is Christ. Yes. So, so he has a future dad. Mm-hmm. What lessons what do you want to pass on to your children from what your dad did? Right? What one what thing don't you want to replicate? Um, one lesson I love to pass to my kids if God was for me to have them, to have any. It will be hard work. Um, I think that's something I saw with my dad. Um, and I've had constantly till date. Mm-hmm. Him being the first one, he used to take care of the entire family. He used to organize the family. Mm-hmm. And... It's one thing I'm grateful that um, when he was alive, he did. And now the fruits of it show. Mm. Um, my grandfather's 
yani believes I'm a mini burage job and my dad was called job so he had to work kabisa and he worked he was a hard worker um and yeah i'm, I'm grateful he taught me the benefits of working hard mm-hmm. um the benefit of um just to, especially working with your hands uh, he was really crafty that's something i wish he was alive to teach me bana because um, it's it's a, it's an it's a lost art yeah. <laughs> nowadays that's dope you know not all men can be that not all men can do that uh, baby boys are chani watete wanapenda ku promote watu bono utengeneze stima na kuna electrician na goja hiyo pesa hey baby boys but yeah we let me speak for them and yeah they believe in promoting other people don't shine alone you know baby boys are just up for the glow you know they want everyone to glow <laughs> but yeah um so you tell us anything i want to say something i think people think that uh, if your father has passed on or if somebody you love has passed on or if they were completely bad that there was no good in them that you can't learn or gain anything from them and it's so important to acknowledge that there's something you can gain from these bad experiences that we go through So it's encouraging to hear that you learned from your dad how to work hard and you're actually one of them I've interrupted you to, to compliment you and commend you because you're one of the most hard working people I know the whole time I've known you either starting a new business or creating products for customers or and you do your work so well you have no choice but to be successful <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> Oh father lord you here oh <laughs> but yeah, amen, amen. so i'm hearing i'm understanding what that is thank you from like everything your dad has left you yeah. putting in their work working with your hands and going beyond what you expect and uh, i i have seen it as well in my grandfather you know he's still date let me tell you he operates all his businesses are co-opted you know um and he's in his late 80s if not 90 um so anything those men in my life and i appreciate um that god would you know allow them to model you know that aspect of manhood mm-hmm. um so but i as well have to say cuz you never know who's listening um life uh, puts people in different circumstances they are men who are probably are born with the inabilities to operate or fix um attire uh a puncture rather uh, who are unable to do this crafty things which are seen to be man like so yeah that's that's something i've really personally struggled with because i wasn't one of those uh, one of the best men when it came to 
hizo vitu wanaume wanajulikana nazo yeah. you know yeah i remember I used to fight with my mom cuz i like you know your dad was singepeleka kitu kwa fundi when your dad was there so she always expected me to you know to be like um, and i didn't pick that aspect of that kind of work you know but that doesn't mean you know in the ways god has enabled me and gifted me i can't work hard at it you know um so if you are a man and you are listening to this and you are gifted in something you know um just do it and do it well i think that's just the message um of, of of working hard whatever god has gifted you and has enabled you to do it grand or small in people's eyes mm-hmm. just do it and do it well yeah uh, so this is like the almost the last question I, I haven't even answered what i wouldn't want them to uh, go ahead <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry, sorry. um I'll, i'll make it short madana juanga weakness yangu ni kuongea Eh tafadhali mkiona mnaweza pata kura ah mnaweza ni support mimi ni nani but yeah hey, politics i can't uh, but yeah one thing i wouldn't want my kids to pick up i will be just the i wouldn't want my kids to be blind to their work of god in their lives and mm-hmm. to be negligent about building up their faith and contending for the truth um that sets men free and that's the truth of scripture and the truth of the gospel um that manzi you are born a sinner you are a sinner in need of god's forgiveness you know I'm in desperate need of God's forgiveness that something I didn't see that aspect in my dad and I wouldn't want my kids to uh, be blind I I don't know why probably he was a man of faith I just can't remember it I didn't see it I didn't know his past no walk or free um, but yeah, I'm sure God knows but to my kids that's one thing we wouldn't want them to be we wouldn't want them to be negligent to the truth of the gospel to to building up their faith in Christ that's one thing to I'm, I'm really intentional and i desire to really be a part of growing together with uh, the spirit of god in my kids just to grow them in their faith mm-hmm. and may god help us if we ever get there I think passing on the gift of faith to your children is one of the best gifts you could ever give them. Yeah. And also just how you live your life as an example. Of, so being overt about it, like talking to them about Jesus and salvation and sin and God's righteousness and holiness, but also living it out for them to see you praying, for them to see you reading the word. Oh. that sticks with them even if they do rebel or run away from god they know that their parents were witnesses to them mm-hmm. so that's really dope there's a really cool lesson that you want to pass on to your children you have a message for your dad or for future dads what would you like to say to them mm-hmm. 
my dad was here um, i would say thank you thank you very much dad uh, for what you did in those moments that not many were there to see um, mm-hmm. thank you for being joyful and happy um about me coming into this world um thank you for being excited about it especially in this times we live in where kids are despised by some you know some men who wouldn't want to have kids and if yeah they dare have an affair and a child comes out and they're like i don't want that mm-hmm. um i think from just him going out to want to celebrate my birth means a lot if there's anything i would thank you so much for it will be that um thank you for thank you for loving my mom um even if in the ways i never got to see um that my mom my dad loved um i'm sure to modern generation that doesn't make sense because this is someone who beat you up but um i think yeah um, will be that <laughs> that's a story for another day probably another podcast mm-hmm. but to future dads um like me and will be look forward to it um look forward to it look forward to having kids look forward to being a father cuz what a great opportunity it is to model Christ to another human being mm-hmm. uh, what a privilege it is to be called a dad mm-hmm. you know uh, me i have a deep respect and a deep love for dads for me and i'm so grateful you know um just something i will say is i'm so grateful uh that one of the gifts of marriage mm-hmm. um aside from just from having the beautiful wife god has blessed me with is um because of how i now have a dad again you know it it gives me so much joy when i go to my colleagues and there's someone who have saved us dad not out of respect alone yeah but any on hell in heaven and on earth they are they are my father you know and once again life has given me a dad and to anyone listening to this who is looking for to be a dad who's a man being a man means the probability of being a father are very high <laughs> uh, very, very high <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, so listening to this and your man and say uh, look forward to to that opportunity mm-hmm. uh, be excited about it if it happens praise god if it doesn't praise it's god as well yeah. you know um and it's easy to overlook time couldn't have allowed but there's so many men who've been like a father to me you know um so so many men so so many men and just because there's no child to your name who calls you dad 
doesn't mean you can't be a father figure for them. One of the biggest privileges I've had in my life as well has been to be an uncle to one beautiful girl called Tiana. That's a daughter of my sister. And I know anyone who knows me knows Uncle Chronicles. Yeah. And knows I love that child to death. And she's thought I remember because we used to live uh, with her when she was born, since she was a newborn. I used to sleep with her because her mom went out to work. Mm. My mom had work the next day. So to get Lala in the same bed. Yeah, I've seen her from a new from when she was born in hospital till that yeah you're fresh fresh you know mm. till now and that kid has played a huge role in the man I am today. Mm. You know, because I had to watch my speech, how I talk to her, how I treat her, mm. how I um, lead her, how I discipline her, you know, and it was such a great feeling at home. Like the biggest threat and get pewani to be uncle. Yeah, bana. And I was like, I know somewhere. If I was in Anafanaki, I guess so. Yeah, you know. I think that side of her is in almost every child that, and it teaches you how to be. Uh, you know, a disciplinary, you know, person as God is. Because one one of the evidences of God's love is his discipline, you know, because he, he disciplines those he loves. Um, so discipline is an evidence of God's love. So, Bana, um, men, let's just relish at the opportunity we have to to be that father figure for someone, you know. Uh, to model Christ, to model God, yeah, you know, to people. Um, and men, Manze, you play such a fundamental part in society. Fathers, yeah. so you are important. Yeah. Uh, future fathers, you are important. You know, uh, we live in perilous times, in very uh, dark times, you know, um, it's 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 gonna be time for us men to step up, stand up. A future fathers, man, say the responsibility we have to father when the next generation is huge because we are going to be dealing with dynamics our fathers and forefathers never dealt with, you know. But you know what, man, Christ is enough for us. Scripture is sufficient for us. Grace is enough for us. So, yeah, I look forward to to be a dad one day. I'm grateful. I'm an uncle, so I'm a dad in training. <laughs> uh, wow. I think you said now what I wanted to add on. I mean, if you have a child and mm. whether or not you acknowledge that child is your father, and you have a special duty, special job. And I think one of the things that fathers need to realize is you're already a hero to your children. Whatever state, um, so don't let fear hold you back. Don't let shame or guilt keep you. Reach out to your children while they are still here. As a child, reach out to dad while you still can. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of misunderstanding. But he's still here. And, and God actually commands children to honor their parents. And 
live in obedience to them. So that's a that's whole a other story. story. But I like what you said. Future fathers are important. Current fathers are important. All fathers are important. Mm. So as is a custom mm-hmm. on this podcast, mm-hmm. guest gets to answer a would you rather question. <laughs> so I know you are feeling a bit nervous about what your question is. But let me just just begin by saying Ian is a huge magistrated fan. Like me. I think yeah, yeah. glory, glory, man united. <laughs> and so yeah. my question to you is would you mm-hmm. rather watch a big game at home mm-hmm. with former football legends? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather be live, live at the stadium mm-hmm. but alone? Um uh the first one for sure, man. The first one. Yeah, I'll rather watch it on TV but with legends next to me you know why because mm-hmm. <laughs> the inquisitive person i am mm-hmm. i'll grill out <laughs> from them <laughs> every single bit of history you know watching the match the point is a game ah you know we have highlights we have we can watch our match let me tell you the experience of being next to a uh, Ferdinand, a uh, Cantona, mm-hmm. even uh, our current coach, you know, Oleguna Sholska. Hey, Sisi, you are suffering. It has yeah, given yeah, us problems. You're in a taru. You're in a taru. Get checked, Ole. Ole, yes. Ole, Ole, as in, yes. We struggle. Help us. Are you those people who like, talk during the game or you focus oh, I talk ah. I talk and focus are the same it depends if I'm with company mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk we'll give Kwanza, me Sydney wale uh, coach B you know Sydney ang ingi aye ange pasuko you know I want to ask mm-hmm. do you what is your parting shot what, what is would you like people to remind you if they don't remember anything mm-hmm. else what's the one thing you want them to remember wow that's pressure but uh, I think my parting shot will be to actual uh, fathers who probably are listening to this uh, you know I even as an uncle I don't think it even comes close to what a father means mm-hmm. um and the people who are fathers now now just cherish it and i know as as a young man probably i speak from minimal to zero experience mm-hmm. uh but i know being a father is tough it's challenging it really is a lot of dynamics cuz probably if you're a father and a husband um that comes as well with you know the challenges of being a husband then being a father mm-hmm. it's tough and things are really tough out here for fathers yeah. uh, from economically to psychologically life has really beaten up so many men um and i hope um that hope will never faint or fail in you um i hope you cherish and enjoy fatherhood um i hope your kids grow to love you appreciate you so my heart 
may my parting shot goes out to all fathers who are alive and those listening to this and you have fathers manzi honor them even if they may not be the best of dads um there's always a gem you know um to them uh cherish them um respect them i feel like fathers um are not given the love and adoration and admiration that many that uh, mothers get because maybe ani uni mwanaume unaweza mwambie hizi ndio mhag umwambie nakupenda so i pray we can do that for our fathers while they are alive appreciate them um as someone who's lost a dad um yani it, it leaves a huge gap and if you still have a father with you just appreciate them if you don't and we we in the same club onzi i hope we can just spar up and encourage the fathers who are there um i hope we can you know appreciate them and give them their flowers while they are alive and fathers need vacations by the way that's my parting shot <laughs> give your fathers vacations <laughs> Tafadhali and drops mic and Menzi. Thank you so much Tugi for for hosting me. It's been a joy and honor and an inspiration to see you do this and you do it so well. Thank you so and much. thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. And Menzi God bless sana sana sana. You've been such a real friend, a blessing in our life for me and my wife and we really really appreciate you and we pray for God's blessings to be with even for this podcast yani may it go find wide and yeah meet bring an impact to people's lives amen mm-hmm. thank you so much when, when, when we grow up we want to be as dope as you <laughs> so, <laughs> may the lord help us amazing <laughs> Indeed. Thank you so much. Yes, mother's mother's vacation. We were constantly taking from our parents. Yeah. If it's not money, it's time. If it's not time, the obligations. So there you have it. Um, I hope this episode makes you think about your father, wherever he is. And I hope you feel challenged to appreciate him. Appreciate those father figures in your life. The uncles, the male friends the cousins just men men jangadi thank you for listening to this episode i'm really looking forward to hear what you think about what we've spoken about um follow us on social media i will be putting yeah links in the description of this episode he's an amazing photographer so you want you want, you want your, you want face your face in his camera <laughs> yo, um, yo i, I guarantee your face is good in his camera i'm a witness <laughs> i do phototherapy i think i usually say I describe myself as that kind of a photographer yeah, yeah. Uh, my photography is therapeutic trust me book me and you know <laughs> me, 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 <laughs> so if you want so to get in touch get with Jan and just yeah, learn more about him and the work that he does hit those links in the description and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this episode thank you so much for listening see you in the next one bye bye bye